Welcome again to the SEM podcast. Uh, it's been a minute since we recorded one of these. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, it's my fault. I've been on vacation, but uh, we're so excited to be back. Just a quick um, shout out to everyone listening. So we we have over 2,500 views on YouTube on our videos, and we have about 1,300, almost 1,400 listens on our podcast. So thank you to everyone who's listening and sharing. We hope that that continues as uh, this continues to grow, but uh, just wanted to point that out and say thank you to everyone. We have a really special episode today where we have a uh, a guest with us, um, a guest um, host, I guess we'll call it, right? A guest host. So Jack is here. Jack, say hi. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I'll just be listening in today pretty much. No, I doubt that very much. And our guest host today is Christian Lucas, as we are joined today by the fabulous Zach Clark. Zach, hey, hey. how are you? I'm doing so good. Good. So excited to be here. This is yeah. where are so you joining fun. us? Where are you joining us from today? Uh, I am in uh, my son's room. I'm going to get super specific. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from Chandler, Arizona. Chandler. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, good. Well, I know that you've been listening and we'll just recap real quick the, the format. Sure. We'll talk pre-mission and uh, anticipating getting your call, getting called to Scotland, then skip over and uh, go through life since Scotland. And then we'll go back through the mission. So the floor is yours. We're excited to listen. Awesome. Thank you. Um, what's up, Christian? What's up, Jack? Hey. Hello, everybody. <laughs> this is uh, this is super fun. Um, so yeah, just to start right where you said, um, I was in Cleveland when I got my call. I was actually, uh, I did a year uh, of uh, a cello performance degree uh, before I went out. I was at the Cleveland Institute of Music and um, I got my call and it was like mid-semester. So I just like got on the phone with my parents. It wasn't like a big party or anything that some of them, some, some of us got to do, you know. Um, but, uh, I remember I was in my dorm room, just nothing special. <laughs> um, but I remember opening it up and of course, like every other American, I said, Edinburgh, Scotland, you know, tried to put an accent on it. Like I knew anything. <laughs> yeah. So stupid. Uh, but I was on the phone with my parents and maybe my sister was on there too. Um, and I was just so stoked. Totally the opposite of your experience, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I watched your story. It seems like everyone from England just dreads going to Scotland. Uh, I can understand. It's like it's like me getting a call to Utah or something. Like, oh, come on, you know, let's get someplace cool, you know. But uh, man, I I grew up in the church, and uh, I I looked at return missionaries like a sacrament meeting, giving talks, bearing their testimonies, and I was just like, dude, like they they know, like they know something. Like I want to be like that. And I, I feel like I always wanted to go on a mission. Um, of course, my parents encouraged me to, you know. Um, and everybody, I want to get into this a little bit. Uh, of course, we got the mission music group to talk about a little more. Christian, I wanted to bring that up a little more today. Um, but, you know, being a professional cellist, and of course, at that time in, in, in our lives, like when you're taking your instrument seriously and you're at a conservatory, like that's got to be your whole life, you know? 
And of course it was for me, you know, at the time, I mean, it still is, but like at that time, like, yeah, I was like super into it. Uh, did my freshman year. Um, and when I told all of my like classmates that I was going to take two years off, I remember people looked at me like, you're an idiot. Like wow. they said, they like said that I was like, gee, thanks friends. <laughs> you know? But uh, they were like, dude, are you sure? Like a lot of people questioning me, like unsure about it. Christian, I'll bet you had the same experience with Trumpet. You know, I know you were grade five. And, and uh, you know, of course, of course, you think like, well, you know, I wonder what's going to happen after two years. But like, it's never a question. Like, I'm going. I'm going to serve a mission. I've been wanting this my whole life. And hmm. I'm doing it. So like, whatever happens, happens. Like, big deal. But like, a lot of people were like, you're, you're crazy. You're putting, like, they were shocked. Um, uh, and I, you know, I get to this later more, but like after I got home from a mission, it took me, I think an hour and I felt like I was back to hundred <laughs> percent. Wow. So obviously we got to play a little bit on the mission Christian, you know, every December. Uh, but you know, I'm never, I was never practicing or anything and just, just like riding a bike, you know, I mean, maybe it took me a day, you know, maybe it wasn't an hour, but I remember sitting down trying to play Schumann cello concerto in my room and my first when i first picked it up i was like oh i was like weird like i i could i like forgot how to like exist for a second and then and then after like an hour i was like you know what i got this and the next day i was like yeah this is good I'm, i'll be fine you know <laughs> uh so that was me getting getting my, my call uh there at the, at the conservatory and uh, actually the cleveland institute of music did hold my spot for two years as well so uh i could have i could have come back uh, my teacher actually left, though, when I left to Scotland, he actually left to teach um, at University of Michigan and Juilliard. And anyway, I didn't know the teacher when I came back from my mission. So I ended up just transferring back to Arizona State um, and just finishing my degree there. And I guess that kind of takes us into like what I'm doing now. Is that the next part? Is that right? <laughs> yeah. What's All life right. been since you got home from your mission? Life's been great. Uh, so, like I said, I, I transferred to Arizona State and I, I finished the cello performance degree. Uh, took me a while to finish. <laughs> uh, I ended up working at Bank of America for a year because I panicked when I, I met this girl. I wanted to propose. I got, I got nervous. I was like, starving musician, you know. I was like, I don't want that to be the case for me, but what if it is the case? And oh my gosh, what do I do? So I actually, I did actually change my major to math for a semester. <laughs> I do, I do love math. So I was like, maybe, th maybe this is who I am. And, uh, you know, there was, there was me for a year um, at Bank of America as a teller. And, uh, you know, I gave it my best shot, you know. I went down that path though, and I, I, I explored it. And, after 10 months, I said, what am I doing? I've made a gigantic mistake. This is not who I am. Um, I miss the cello. I miss music. So uh, I went back, finished my degree. I walked out of Bank of America. I put in my two weeks, and then I just stopped going. So then they fired me. <laughs> I wanted out of there so fast. Uh, and uh, he's like, today's your last day. No problem. You know, I was like, I need someone I can count on. And I was like, yeah, uh, you do. And I need out of here. So see you later, you know. <laughs> and I walked, I walked out of Bank of America and I walked into Nick's house. So Nick Villalobos is a bass player and I've been friends with him since ninth grade. And uh, I walked into his house and we started a band that day called Simply Three and I've never looked back. And uh, 
that's kind of my story post vision. Uh, I did propose to that girl. <laughs> um, so that's Michelle. That's my wife. We've been married for coming on 13 years. Uh, so it was a couple of years after the mission. Uh, we got married and, and she was there for when Nick and I, you know, started the band and, and I play music, man, I'm living the dream. I mean, everyone, everyone kind of says that sometimes sarcastically, but I'm literally living the dream. Uh, we had two beautiful kids, uh, Kate and Zane, who are, uh, Kate's almost eight and Zane just turned six and they're just awesome. Of course, everyone thinks their kids are awesome. Um, but it's just awesome. It is. It's great. And, uh, oh, party foul. I can't let you just glaze over the, well, we started a band, but you got to talk about Simply Three a little bit because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I've I've followed it, let's say lightly. I'm not going to say that it's been too intense, but, sure. you know, every yeah, time you you release a song and do that stuff, you got to talk about that. Also, to date, this is a perfect plug for you. They've got 2,500 followers on the thing. You've just released an album. you got to get that hey. out there. Yes. Give it a plug. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah. So simply three, you know, we started making music videos like in 2013, you know, really when YouTube was kind of really starting to take off, especially with the like stream covers and stuff. And we got, we got in there kind of early and like on Pandora and everything. And yeah, we recorded albums and, and uh, yeah, we do it full time and it's been awesome. We got a lot of music videos. I think we have over 50 music videos now, which is crazy. And we have, I think, I think it was 10 albums. I like counted the other day. Um, yeah. And our most recent album we're very excited for. It's actually a hymns album. It's called all amazed. And uh, we did it with Deseret book and it's coming out at the end of September, September 30th. So maybe by the time this comes out, it might already be out. Um, nice. And we're just, we're just really excited for that album. Uh, it was very, we did, I mean, we did some different, I mean, we did things different. Uh, some of the hymns are just really beautiful, but some of them, like we have like full rock drums on. Like some people might be like, uh, <laughs> but like it's different. It's fresh. It's for today. It's like, it's from our hearts and our passion. And man, it just came together so fantastically. And we're just so stoked about that. So thank, uh, thank, thanks for the plug. <laughs> that's amazing. No, I'm, I'll keep my my eyes out for it. I'm excited to hear well, and the most see important it thing. The, sorry, well, the most important thing is right. So they got 2,500 views or whatever. How many followers? How many likes and subscribes? That's simply three getting. <laughs> We're getting a little more. Um, right now, we've got like almost a million and a half subscribers on on YouTube. And, uh, you know, we get, we get some good streams, like millions of streams every week, like on, you know, Spotify and Pandora and stuff. So we're real blessed, man. Real lucky to have gotten in there, kind of the algorithms on some of those early on. And, and we just, yeah, we just, we'd love releasing stuff and we're happy to see obviously numbers, you know, it's, uh, it's funny talking about numbers in this context. <laughs> <laughs> Jack and Zach, they'll be there. 12 months time. Yeah, yo, I shouted out all my views and our what 40 followers. I'm looking, I'm looking at it 1.45 million subscribers. That's incredible. What an incredible achievement! Amazing, absolutely. Thanks, unbelievable. Thanks, appreciate it. I think if you just 
yeah. actually like just um i remember i was doing some work for uh, quite a famous dentist in london and she's one of the like the celebrity dentists and she's like you know this guy you need to get him you need to book him for me and so i think <laughs> i messaged you and said you want to gig in london and you were no I, we can't do that but i tried to like give her somebody else that i knew not interested she only wanted simply three and that was <laughs> she knew she oh, knew the man. talent she saw what it was and uh, there you go 1.5 million later and, and she was right and, and you've done incredibly well and we're very proud of you thank you thanks man i appreciate it i don't remember saying no to the gig i mean uh love to do the gig you know but the thing i think the thing is it's like you got to pay for all of our airfare and it's just like already probably out of budget you know but yeah for dentists, uh, no, absolutely not. They'll pay for everything, right? There, yeah, that's true. What are we talking about, Christian? Come on, let's make it <laughs> yeah, happen. I'm not yet one of those uh, celebrity dentists. I'm working on it. <laughs> that's right. He's on. He's on his up and up too. <laughs> All right, Zach, awesome. go back. Let's go back to the mission. You know, talk about MTC companions, and we can go from there. Yeah. So yeah, Preston MTC, um, and uh, who was it that said there was a couple of random like. Germans in there. Was that Martin's? That was so funny. Whoever mentioned that, I was like, that's so true. There was like a couple that were not going to Scotland, like a few missionaries in MTC. And they just kind of had their own little clique. And it's, you know, I'm sure they're great, but that was just funny. Yeah, we had uh, that yeah. we had that too. I mean, we had a couple yeah. of missionaries that they came, they didn't speak English. They spent three weeks with us and then went back to like their native German speaking country mm. or whatever. And I was like, why I understand you need to have a training, but for someone who doesn't speak English, I'm sure they just had like out of body experiences while they're, they're just like, why am I here? You know? Oh uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. It was really exciting. July, 2006, uh, came out with Christian. We're in the same, group i was gonna say class um mtc was great so exciting uh just meeting everybody and i mean like i said i i had wanted to be a missionary for a very long time and so i couldn't believe that i was a missionary for probably a year like for the first year of my mission every day i would wake up i'd put on my tag and look in the mirror and just say i can't believe i'm a missionary every day i was so happy i was so excited i was so grateful to be there and I was just kind of, it, it just, it took, it took forever. I mean, it took like, yeah, it took like, I feel like a year for it to be like, yeah, all right, I'm a missionary, you know, it took a while. I was just so excited though in the MTC. Uh, my MTC companion was Elder Stoughton, James Stoughton. Uh, I've seen him and his wife and kids uh, since they were in Arizona for a while and back in California. Now they just moved over to uh, Knoxville, actually, just like last month. Um, great guy loved love the mtc and christian and i hit it off at least i think i hit it off like i was friends with you i'm not sure if you were friends with me but i was friends with you in the mtc <laughs> I, do you remember i don't know if you remember this this is like a one of those really random specific memories i have we were like studying one day and i feel like we were supposed to study a certain topic and preach my gospel probably had some related scriptures i don't remember the exact topic but there's a scripture that was like what does that mean and you and I are both like, let's go ask the, like the president. And you and I like got, just walked out of class and went down the hall and found like, I don't know, like the, the MTC president or something. And we, we both had like the same question and we like asked him together. And I felt, I felt so 
heard and so seen and understood that you had the same question that I did, you know, <laughs> it was just awesome. I don't know if you remember that, but you know, you and I, I feel like you and I were, were in it like together, you know, like diving in and it was awesome. I actually think we were probably really irritating for everybody else. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm certain of it. So president, it was president Winwood, wasn't it? Quite a fantastic guy. But, um, I, I just remember you would, well, anybody that knows Zach knows that his brain just works weird in the in the, in the nicest, kindest possible way. <laughs> and you just wanted you just wanted to know everything. You know, you had a question. I need to know this. I need to know that. I need to and and just everything that was being taught. There was always question, question, question. And I think sometimes in church, people aren't used to that. They're used to like this is what's taught. I believe that. I'll take that on board. But you just think completely different. I loved that instantly um, about you, and you've never changed. And that's we we text. I'm, I'm I'm actually only on here to get to chat to you because we text all the time, but keep missing to each other for a chat. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, I remember those things and just so many questions. But we would learn so much because of that, and just share those those um, revelatory experiences together. So bonds people. Yes, dude, that's awesome. Thanks for that insight, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, you know what's funny is my son is the exact same way. And so now I'm getting like, obviously what my parents got. And it's like, <laughs> it gets to a point. Where it's like, you know what? I don't know right now. <laughs> Can we just put a pin in that for a second? <laughs> uh, it's, cra it's crazy. He's spitting image uh, in a lot of ways. But but yeah, man, questions, ask questions. Yeah, I, I don't know any other way to think, but it does allow me to... Like I, I learned how to edit like Simply Three's music videos, and I, I learned how to like edit our our songs and, and produce them, and I've mixed a lot of them too. And like when I when I'm like, okay, I need to learn something, I dive so deep, I just can't I can't help it. Um, so yeah, that was the MTC, a lot of diving deep. I had never actually read the I had never read the Book of Mormon cover to cover until my mission, and it took me a year to read it. I would start in you know you'd wake up and do your study and i was like all right today's chapter one or whatever it was however much time i had and i'm a, i've always been a slow reader because of this thing in my brain that like has to stop and like like wait a second what does that actually mean what are, what is this hold on let me like i can't just read like one day sally went to the store like it, it, it's like i don't know how people just read and just keep <laughs> reading I don't get it. Like, I have to, like, understand it. Why am I reading it? Like, why would I just keep going if I don't know what I just read? Anyway, enough about my brain. So. <laughs> do you do that with normal books, too? Yes. I'm wow. I, I, I bet you do with everything. Everything. I'm telling you, I can't. Like, I'm not a reader. I've read probably five books my entire life. Like, because I just, I have to, like, it's not reading for me unless you know it. So, basically, it's studying. And then, as a, but as a result, dude, I feel like I know, like, I can like recite all these things and it's page this and hey, it's like all or nothing with me. <laughs> Either I get it or I don't. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, go, go into the mission. Um, and by the way, I remember going to the MTC. It was July, obviously July, 2006. And everyone's like, this is not the weather of the UK. Do not uh, get used to this. Cause it was just sunny and beautiful for like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, they were like, you've been warned. You know, so it's like, okay, sweet. You know, I'll, I'll appreciate the sunlight while we have it here. Mm, um, yep. And then uh, first area. So just a, just a recap before I start diving in here. 
made a couple notes. So I had 11 companions. Um, and every one of them I just loved. And I also just want to, I'm, there's just, there was so much to talk about. There's so much that like I've been thinking about for these past couple weeks, getting ready for this. And I mean, the things that keep coming back to me, obviously there's a lot of experiences, but like the things that come back to me are the people, both my companions and people I served around and the people of Scotland. There's so many families and so many people that I just fell in love with. Um, and a lot of them, I was actually able to go back to Scotland a few years back with my wife and we, we went around and I tried to visit as many people as I could. It was not, it was not enough time though. Um, I, I have so many good friends in Scotland and England too, you know, people that have served, that served, uh, you know, around me, you know, Christian, you're one of them, um, over there in England, you know, and I, I honestly, like my wife fell in love with it as well with the country and the people. And like, I'm not really joking when I say that one day we like might end up living there. Uh, there's such, I have such an attachment and there's so many wonderful memories and experiences and people. So a lot of what I'm going to be talking about today are, I have some really funny stories. Like I can't wait. It's going to be so funny. Um, and a lot of just great, great people. And you're just going to, there's just going to be an outpouring of love for me. That's, that's kind of an overview of how it's going to go. Um, uh, and I am going to obviously forget a lot of names and a lot of, I might say that someone was in a city, but it was in a different city, but so forgive me for all that. Uh, okay. You're, you're not alone. I can assure you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's <laughs> been, uh. I mean, it's been since I started. It's been what sixteen years since I started. Is that right, Christian? Dang, it's getting that way, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes. A few months for me, it'll be eighteen years since I started. It's crazy. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, and I was going to say, Elder Hewlett, you were there. Like we overlapped a bit. You know, we came. Yep. Like I came out with President Frederick, and you were there. I think you said it was like six months with President Frederick, and. Mm-hmm. I never, I don't think I ever saw you or like talked to you. Maybe we did, but I always heard about you, man. You, you made a lasting impression over there. So I just wanted to say that. Thank you. That makes, that makes me feel good. <laughs> and you also made a lasting impression on me because Zach and Zach, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, sure. another Zach. Okay. That's right. Gotta get, Brother, gotta get to know him. <laughs> brothers from another mother. That's it. <laughs> All right, so let's just dive in. So uh, my first area was Motherwell, just outside of Glasgow. And uh, <laughs> I, I have a picture of me. Man, I didn't know anything. Just the greenest picture you can see, you, you'll ever see. I was pointing at a sign, that's uh, at some graffiti that said Murderwell. And I was just like, look at this, Murderwell. I'm in a bad area. This is going to be great. Oh, my gosh, just... And then the stories we the stories we would hear about things that happened in that area. I mean, dude, by the way, Christian, I think your story of the Ned mob chasing you with knives and bats <laughs> takes the cake. I don't know. Like, if anyone can top that story, I, I, I cannot. But, like, that is insane. Dude, I want to ask you. You said you had lasting damage to your, your hip and your foot or something? Yeah. I was in my – I had an MRI scan last week just to check out what's, what's going on with it. No but way. There are definitely Elder Black and Elder Harrison, um, I think, spent three nights in hospital after a Ned attack. So, yeah, you want stories like that, they'll be on. 
I'm looking forward to hearing Bistler's version of that same story, though. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Seriously, dang, dude, that's <laughs> that's insane. But uh, I had an incredible time. So Elder Hardy, Ren Hardy, uh, I think it's actually Kenneth Ren Hardy, but he likes Ren. <laughs> 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 if I'm being exact, because he actually wrote it down in my little thing that I have. Um, so he was my trainer. And you guys, you guys know Elder Hardy. <laughs> I'm laughing. Um, I'm laughing because so um, Elder Hardy served with Elder Aurelio before he went home in in Murderwell, Motherwell, and I was the district leader in Hamilton. And so when you came in, I I moved. I went to, to Aberdeen. Oh, okay. And so, but I had two weeks where I was in like a tripanionship with Elder Hardy and Elder Powell. And man, that guy just makes me laugh every time. Every time I see his smiling face, I just go back to that two weeks. It's a lot of fun. So you had a great yeah. one as a as a trainer. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, served me the green uh, omelet, like literal green food coloring in it. Um, <laughs> you know, just his intensity and his energy was awesome. And uh, you know, I wanted to talk about Elder Loganberg and Elder Matic. They were serving. <laughs> Uh, and I forget which area. It was right next to us. Uh, you'll probably remember uh, Zach, but we uh, that that's like right when I met them. And uh, Elder Elder Loganberg, I don't know if you've been in touch. You got to get him on here. Elder Maddock, you got to get him on here. I want to I want to hear those guys' stories for sure, man. And uh, Elder Loganberg, man, right away I connected with him. Just so genuine when he needed to be, and then so fun. All the other times, and uh, I really looked up to him. And I remember picking his brain, and you know he's a little older too. Um, so I just really looked up, really looked to, looked up to him and and his wisdom. And I okay, I have a memory from 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 right around this time. Elder Martin did not mention this. I'm curious if he's going to remember this. So one night it was P day, and Elder Hardy and I drove over to to hang out with. Elder uh, Loganberg and Elder Maddock and Elder Canucci, I think, too. And who was Elder Canucci serving with? Can't remember. I might be mixing this up, but uh, for some reason, Elder Martin, well, maybe it was Elder Martin. I don't know who his companion was, but for some reason, he was there. This sounds like a dream. Like, this doesn't sound real. How could all these people <laughs> be in the same place? But I swear to you. So I know, I know this for sure. I'm positive Loganberg was there. And I was there, and Martin was there, okay? And we decided, it was like P-Day Eve, we decided to just hang out. You know, we did our numbers, reports, whatever, and uh, it was only a 15-minute drive down the road. And uh, I'm telling you, that's some of the best memories, just like the fellowship, just having fun. There's something about that, dude, like the relationships and the memories there. That is like just as important as chapping doors, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, <laughs> so... They wanted to go to probably Asda or something. Um, and by the way, there's like an Aldi now, like in Chandler, Arizona. And I, that's tripping me out because I, I feel like that was never in the in the States till recently. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember there was an Aldi when I lived in Southern California. And I was like, isn't this? Yeah, it's, it is a different experience. It's true. There's, there's <laughs> yeah. one, when we were in Florida in May, there was an Aldi there. And I was mm. like, we are not shopping anywhere else. We're <laughs> <Like, going> <laughs> yeah. not going into Costco and spending three hours trying to find all the stuff that's in that massive shop. Oh. I love oh, it. Jeez. Yeah. 
uh, or yeah, it was Aldi or Tesco or something. And uh, we all wanted to just go there um, to get some snacks and, you know, deodorant or whatever. So Elder Martin's driving and it's raining. And apparently, I haven't ever asked him this, but apparently he used to drift cars before his mission. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so he's driving fast and it's raining. I'm in the back seat. My heart is in my throat the whole drive. <laughs> he was, I mean, I don't think he was running lights, but like he was peeling out. He was going so fast and he was, I'm telling you, we were drifting guys. We were drifting around corners. <laughs> and one time, I think he stopped drifting after this. So it came to this. We hydroplaned during a drift. Oh, no. I'm telling you, it was like one of the scariest moments while driving that I've ever had. And maybe I was just super green, but like I've never drifted, but I've never drifted before. I've never been in a car like that. And uh, we were freaking out for about three seconds because he lost control of the car. And there were, it was a, it was like an L. Okay, and so we were drifting towards parked cars. So he he turned the car to go this way, but he turned and it kept going. And I swear we stopped within one inch of hitting a car. Jeez, oh gosh! <laughs> so I want I want to see if Elder Martin remembers that. Uh, I know you already had him on, but man, that was a that was a night to remember. I remember walking in the the Aldi or whatever, and my legs were just shaking, and I was just like, I don't even know what I need anymore. I can't, I just, I almost died. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Elder Martin, um, you have my phone number, and I'm on WhatsApp. <laughs> Send me a voice message, and uh, we'll share it with, with Elder Clark. Or comment yeah. below. Yeah, <laughs> comment below. Yeah. Yeah. Confirm, Give us your version. Yeah, confirm or deny that, but man. <laughs> I'm gonna text him right now. You text him right now? Okay. <laughs> see if he responds. Dude, it was that was crazy. But dude, honestly, it's just brotherhood, bonding. Like it was just so much fun. Obviously, that was probably a little stupid. Um <laughs> I would say that was dumb. I did not want him to drift at all the whole time, but you know, can't control people. Anyway. <laughs> so uh yeah, and I also had my first, is it called the munchie box? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude mind blown and to this day i like i like haven't had another one i don't know why not i don't know what that was like the most delicious meal i've ever had i don't even know what's in it kebabs what is it christian bunch of stuff i've never had i, I don't eat that kind of thing <laughs> oh how dare my, my, body, my body's a temple oh come on that's how, that's how Christian, Christian I honestly never had a munch I'd seen what a munchie box was and I thought that's not for me oh man I I need one can you just mail me one like freeze <laughs> somehow freeze it I don't know how to do it right you come come over visit we'll go get one I'll eat it with you yes all right um yeah and so uh after Elder Hardy was Elder Pattenden Stuart Pattenden uh, one of my favorite companions and people on the planet, uh, and still in Motherwell. So I was in Motherwell for I think my first three months, and 
immediately fell in love with everyone there. I mean, Bishop Patterson, Bill Patterson, we Bill was there, uh, the Moore family, you know, Alan Moore, uh, Aaron Bell, who married Alan, Aaron Moore now. I was just talking to Alan a couple days ago. I found some old photos of us, sent them to him, and he's like, oh, great, you know, great to hear from you again, and how are the kids, you know? Um, just so much special times, so, uh, so many special times and so many, just so much love for the people in Motherwell and, I mean, everywhere, obviously, everywhere you serve, everyone has this, has this experience too, you know? But uh, just so many great people and so many great times there just trying to trying to do my best uh to do my duty to god in my country and to obey the scout law <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> did you did you have boy scout were you are you an eagle scout christian and what was it like over there in england um <laughs> people that went to scouts got bullied it's very <laughs> very different okay <laughs> i had enough already I'd carry this little suitcase to school with the trumpet in. People would think, you're moving into, you're moving into school. What a spot. And then, and then I was Mormon as well. And I, I, I didn't need to add things. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. I'm sure yeah, I would have done the same thing. No, no scouting from me. So uh, anyway, uh, so a fun, uh, very interesting story about Elder Pattenden. Well, a lot of interesting stories. I mean, there's uh, a million... Al Martin has said he's calling BS on that story, by the way. Absolutely not, dude. I'm calling I'm calling Loganberg right now. He will corroborate in the mouth of two. Okay, come on. <laughs> he, says, he says he's getting mixed up with somebody else. I literally called BS on that. I did notice with Al's uh, stories, though, there was there was a bit of a sheen over the top that, you know, there was he, no, nothing. There was no bad stories out of that one. Okay. I know, I know, well, I know a few, so I, I'm, I'm siding with you there. I could, I'm, I'm telling you, I could have sworn it was him because I never got a chance to like talk to him about it. And I was always like, I want to, I want to, I want to see like how much drifting he used to do like before the mission. I'll, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to, I'm going to talk to Loganberg. Can you text Loganberg too, Christian? Do you have his number? <laughs> All right, I'm on it. All right. Okay. <laughs> Christian, Christian's job today is just to see if I'm lying. <laughs> he's, he's in South Africa. Yeah, you should be fine though. Okay. Let, me, let me get on it. You carry on. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I don't think Loganberg's in South Africa anymore. Sorry, carry on. Is he back okay. again? Yeah, I think so. So Elder Pattenden, um, during our companionship, he, uh, uh, President Frederick, started the Mission Music Group. He recognized there's a lot of musical talent in the mission. Uh, Christian Lucas uh, got his trumpet. Uh, President had you know, his trumpet sent over. And then uh, as a surprise, uh, he was talking to my parents and, and president Frederick had my cello shipped over from the United States. And it was like already here and surprise. It was a surprise. And, uh, when elder Pattenden, I think that, I think he told me when elder Pattenden, uh, when I first got paired up with elder Pattenden and that elder Pattenden was going to be the, like directing the head of the, you know, the music group. Cause he's a great singer, a great musician. And so I was like, dude, this is awesome. This is epic. You know, like this is, this doesn't always happen in a mission. And, um, so we began like rehearsing a, like a Christmas kind of spiritual program. Um, and you know, Christian was playing his trumpet. I mean, and we've made, we made a CD and I, I can't find it, but I, I was texting Christian the other day. You still have it. Right. And sister Holmquist. I think I've got it somewhere. I've got a little box that says Christian's special things. And, uh, I think it's in there. I'll find it. Oh, behind, I'll your it behind your binky. 
behind yeah. your little little blankie. Yeah, probably behind my umbilical board or something. <laughs> <laughs> the placenta is still is still there. Exactly, yeah, it's in there <laughs> <laughs> oh, but well, yeah. Let me tell yeah. you my, my story because I was oh, yeah. serving with Elder Pattenden when this concept came together, and I remember him talking with President Frederick and and Christian was still in Aberdeen at that point. I think if unless maybe you just moved. But he, I remember him talking about the music group and the concept of it. And, mm. you know, obviously our mission had seen some success for music things with uh, having Elder Osmond in our mission and Donnie Osmond doing a couple of those things uh, early on in my, my missionary experience. And so I thought it was a great idea. Um, and I can't remember if I was able to, I, I'm, I'm going back through my memory bank and I remember sitting in on one of the musical performances and it was amazing just you know the the music the the voice the talent everything was there and um it was just such a, a unique opportunity to get people in front of the church through the joys of music and so um and I remember when Elder Patton got called to Motherwell, he was a little bit worried about that too. So, Stuart, come on the podcast and tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, oh, that's awesome, dude. Um, that's so cool hearing more more stories, you know, around the same time that and I didn't know about, you know, so cool. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I remember at first uh, Elder Patton and I did not hit it off. Uh, we kind of butted heads a lot. Maybe a little musical ego going on there, uh, probably with me. A little jealous of him probably being the director, you know, of the music group or whatever. Um, but just kind of personality-wise, too, I feel like we kind of didn't get each other at first or something. Um, and I, I wanted to tell you guys this story because this is one of the biggest, had the biggest impact on me as a person, even to this day, this experience with Elder Patton. We all, of course, if you serve a mission, you probably know what a companionship inventory is. For those of you that may not know, it's where you basically just do the love sandwich. Uh, you know, you, you tell your, your companion the things that you're not liking, basically, about them. But you start with good, you end with good, right? Uh, it's basically called good communication in a relationship. <laughs> uh, so, you know, being married for almost 13 years now, uh, those skills are still developing and... I mean, still growing. There's a mountain of information and experience and all kinds of things on that topic. But it all started on my mission. I would I would say for sure. Like, how, how do you, if you don't get along with someone or even if you do, like, what's that like? And, you know, why was it good and why was it bad? And how do you, how do you work through the bad? So I, I'll never forget one day we were having our companionship inventory. And we had just been not getting along, man. I mean, you could just feel it all day, thick as a knife. You know, no, I said we're going to go over here. Why are you questioning me? You know, whatever. I'm not verbatim, but it was just like little things like that all the time. You know, we all have seen people like bickering all the time. And you're like, it's deeper than that. You know, like there's something going on. So I finally just said, I just came clean. And I was like, Ella Patton, and I was like, I need to tell you something. I was like, I've been having negative thoughts about you. And uh, I think I, I think I said exactly those words because you, you know you never forget these emotional, these powerful experiences. 
And honestly, I started crying. I like broke down and he broke down and we, and he was like, I'm really glad you told me. And he was like, I haven't been having fun like this either. And we, we got it out in the air. We talked about price and specific things and we hugged. And I'm telling you, since that moment, we've just been like best friends ever since we had the best companionship after that. I mean, always having fun. Like it was the complete opposite. And, uh, oh, sorry. And, you know, I don't think I ever had a companionship inventory after that that really did anything like that. You know what I mean? But, like, if 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 that companionship inventory was there for anyone, it was there for me and patented. Because after that, it was just, like, fire, man. It was awesome. We had so much fun. I mean, uh, Stacey Patterson and Aaron Bell at the time would have FHEs. We would go over. We were, I mean, we were meeting with the members. We were taking, like, we did, uh, we just did so many things and taught so many lessons. And it was just incredible, man. I uh, I was just talking to, to Stuart, uh, was it yesterday or a couple days ago? And he's in Germany now. He's living the dream. You know, he's happier and healthier than ever. Uh, I'm just so proud of him, dude. And I just love him so much. And uh, I told him to do the podcast. Come on, Stu, let's get on here. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear, I want to hear, actually... I haven't asked him yet about that story, about his experience with it. I want to, I'm, I'm very interested in hearing what he has to say about that, you know, but we're still very close to this day and just love him. My next, uh, my next companion, uh, was elder Stoddard. Love elder Stoddard, man. Nicest guy. Still keep in touch. Um, and we served in Glen Rothis, uh, and, uh, Kirkati. And, Man, pretty much, I had like two memories, two core memories with him. One was, there was this older woman that would have the missionaries over for like lunch, like soup. It was always a soup, um, probably out of a can. Uh, I don't know. It was like always the same soup. Maybe she, maybe she made it. I don't know. You know, uh, but the house, it was one of those houses in Scotland. And I don't know if I need to say more. <laughs> I've literally there's, been there. There's three of us that have like memories. You of that? Yeah. Smells and texture. No, we know the houses. We know. <laughs> Spent the last uh, seven months of my mission in Glenrothes, so yeah, I know who you're talking about. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I knew it. I knew Jack would know. That's too funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so we went over there for lunch every like Wednesday or so, whatever it was. And one day we go there. It was kind of raining, you know, and. It was, I mean, she was always clockwork and we knock on the door and there's no answer. And we kind of look through the windows and we're like, this is weird because she was on um, clockwork, not just with us, but for years. Right. Uh, I, I, at least what I understand. And we kind of stuck around, we knocked, we looked through the windows, we waited around. We ended up just going back to the flat. And about an hour later, I get a call and we're just like, hello, you know, it's Elder Clark, whatever. And she's like, hey, she was like, this is so-and-so's daughter. My mom died this morning. Oh and, I'm, and I'm going through her recent calls and just letting people know. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Thanks. I was like stunned. I like shocked. I like hung up. And Elder Stout was like looking at me like, who was it? Like, what, <laughs> what happened? And I was like. I remember just like not being able to talk because we were like 
right there, like within feet of, of her body. You know what I mean? Like, like it's kind of morbid, but like, that's what happened. And uh, I was like, dude. Oh my gosh. I was like, I was like, she died. And he's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> that was just like, that was it. Like, I remember I couldn't talk and I was like, dude. So that that was Elder Stoddard, man. Like <laughs> that was Elder Stoddard. <laughs> so funny, man. Like just looking back. Obviously we felt terrible, you know. I was like, ah, oh, that sucks, you know, but but uh, <laughs> I, 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 what? Maybe it was the soup. Maybe it was the soup. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't. I, of course, to her family, I you know we're not making fun, you know. Um, but uh, but yeah. So Stoddard and I had a great time, man. We walked down the streets. Like I remember one memory uh, as well. Like we were walking down the streets, and Elder Stoddard was like, "Be baptized, be baptized." And I'm like, "Who are you talking to?" He's like, "Everyone that's all the cars driving by." Everybody be baptized, and we were just like, it was so much fun, man. Like we got to actually find a new flat for that area, and uh, we found this nice little flat. It was like, you know, you walk in and then you go straight up the stairs. It was one of those. The other one's like on the bottom, and it was real nice, like a obviously like a one or two bedroom or whatever, and super clean. It was like a new little build, and I just remember finding that, and we'd just be walking. We knew the bus, the bus routes and stuff, and. It was just awesome. There's so many. There's so many memories to talk about too. Another thing though is High School Musical. I guess had come out pretty recently around then, and like he knew. It seems like Elder Stoddard knew every word to every song. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember, just like, gotta keep look left, fake right, and no, 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 like whatever. Like, and he was good with the basketball too. Like on P day, we're playing basketball, and he was like doing the. And he was like doing it in real life, and I'm like, yo, like that's pretty sick, you know? <laughs> oh, geez. That's too funny. I just watched High School Musical again with my kids a couple weeks ago, and I sent a little video to Elder Stoddard, and I was like, yo, <laughs> remember this? And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no shame. Zero shame. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, oh, dude, and we would also play cribbage every week. Jack, who's it? Yeah. Really old guy. Yes, I have a picture. I just found a picture of us with him, and it was you always get the McVitties or whatever the little snacks. And I learned cribbage, dude, and I got I got pretty good. I I have forgotten how to play. That was the only time I've ever played cribbage. I taught my wife to play, and. Uh... Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We actually found out we don't play by the actual cribbage rules, but it's whatever Tom taught me. <laughs> <laughs> Tom trying to get one past us, trying to get one over us. That's awesome. No, that, that's not the house rules. Yeah, not the house rules. I'm sure he had it. That's funny. I mean, he was like 80, I'm 80 or 90. I feel like he's, there's no way. I mean, if he's still alive, he's got to be 197 years old, if my math is right. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, that was every week too, though, and that was a lot. Yeah, of fun. yeah, dude. Yeah, kind of looking back, it's like, was that a waste of time? But you know, you don't question, you don't question the area. Okay, when these people have the missionaries over every week, you go. Okay, you don't question the system. 
<laughs> yes. Okay, and then I have. Do you know the resides as well, Jack? That doesn't. That doesn't ring a bell to me. I'm not sure if that. I'm not. Sh- okay. You know what? That I think that was back in uh, in Motherwell. So I got to tell you about the one time on my mission where we accidentally had three dinners in one night. Oh no! So the first one was with I think his name's Alex. Alex reside, big guy, and I think he might have been like the the patriarch. No, maybe the high council. I don't know. Loved him and his wife, had us over for dinner, and it was always like a three-course meal, okay? We're talking bread, soup, you're full, but that's the first course. <laughs> then there's, you know what I'm saying? Then shepherd's pie, and then not to mention the dessert, and you have to have the cream. It's always with the cream, and I never knew about cream until my mission, and I go back to the States, no cream. It's just not the same. It's not good. <laughs> I need a munchy box, Christian, and I need cream. All right, just a straight shot. You're taking notes, okay? Yeah, yeah. Write this down. You mean the whip whipped cream from a can, or no, no, like no, hand no, whipped no, cream, squirty no, no, cream, no, no. straight cream, squirty cream. It's just squirty cream. cream. And you know who? <laughs> cream. No, yeah, exactly. Uh, and you know who taught me? Oh, brother Moncrief, dude, Gordon Moncrief. You guys know Liz and Gordon Moncrief, of course. Gordon passed. I, I remember them. Yeah, love them. Still keep in touch. Uh, went back and saw them with my wife as well. Just had a really powerful like experience with Sister Moncrief, you know. And she just misses Gordon so much, and so do I. I have I have some amazing pictures of him too. And he was the ward mission leader when I was in Motherwell, my first area. <laughs> just an amazing guy. So many stories. The biggest laugh. But he taught me. You get the piece of cake, and Elder Hardy as well taught me this. And you just pour the cream all on the cake. What is that? It was incredible. It was a heart attack in a bowl. That's <laughs> what it was. But it made but your cake the, so moist and it's the, just perfect. It, it's the most delicious thing. Okay, so. Maybe that's why I like Tres Leches. And yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. Dude, Tres Leches is the bomb. When it's done right. It could be too, it could be too soggy. Okay, anyway, which podcast? This isn't the Food Network podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I guarantee we could have an epic like conversation with a number of people and talk about all of the unique things that we all ate in Scotland. Dude, yes. Cow's tongue. I tried it for the first time in Scotland. Not too bad. Kind of tasted like spam. Oh, boy. So, back to the three dinners. So... So full, dessert, cream, everything. And we're like, this was an amazing DA. And thank you. We go to our next appointment, which we thought was a lesson. And I I can't remember the third one. Okay, I remember two of the three. I can't remember the third one. But we went to teach a lesson. Maybe it was to a member, because this is member missionary work, right? President Frederick, boom, we zeroed in. We're teaching the members. We're getting those relationships. And that was brilliant. And I have I have kind of something to say to, about that later too, about that change. Um, but they ended up giving us food at the next appointment, and I'm so grateful for it, of course. But we did not expect dinner, and we were beyond full. But what do you do as a missionary? You eat it. You just gotta suck it up, right? So yes. we forced it down, and we're like, okay. I mean, this is the fullest we'll ever be in two years, but at least we're good now. 
And now we can go to a family home evening. And you know what? I know I'm going to send this to Aaron, uh, Edin, um, more. And hopefully Stacy sees this too. But Aaron Bell and Stacy Patterson, they would do an FHE like every Monday at their house. And uh, they didn't always have food. Well, guess when they decided to have food? <laughs> this night. So we go to this FHE and she's pulling out chips, you know, fries and like chicken nuggets and stuff from the oven. And we're like, oh, oh no. <laughs> like, we just had to, we just ate it. Like I have never been fuller in my life than, than how I was full that night. Uh, uh, of course, you know, we ate, I, I mean, they may have noticed we barely ate, but, uh, that was why I didn't, we never told her this is, this is me letting, this is me coming out to her. We had two dinners before that. Thank you so much for cooking dinner though. I'm, I'm just thinking I might be recollecting wrong and this might not be a story you want to share. Um, <laughs> oh no, it's related to, but I don't know when it was. But I remember you uh, telling me you had an, an issue one night where you had to, you were going to a member's house and you had a little accident before you went in in the car. Am I remembering this completely wrong? Oh, oh no. That, yeah, this was with Stoughton. Yeah. yeah well, go on. You share the story. <laughs> <laughs> I said it, you have to share it now. Okay. Yes, I do. I forgot all about this. I'm pretty sure I was with Elder Stoughton. Uh, I was just thinking about the, what, what was going, what was happening with all that. Where is it going? That's what. I... Exactly. Where is it going? Well, unfortunately, it is coming out. You're right. So, <laughs> <laughs> luckily that night, you know, it was all good. Anyway, this actually is a perfect segue because my next companion was Elder Soap in in Kirkani. So I got to serve with my MTC companion, the OG, back together. Um, Elder Stone had the best time. So we went to go teach an investigator. Okay, we drive there. Of course, we're always trying to be on time, you know, fulfill our side of the commitment. And uh, we started to park, and uh, yeah, I had an accident in the car, uh, like right as we were pulling up, essentially. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, all right, actually, were we in like, uh, I can't remember, but somehow maybe we were in a, uh, I can't remember. We probably just let her know we're running late. I drove all the way back to the flat and changed. <laughs> and we went back and it was fine and we taught the lesson. That's about all I remember of that. I can't believe I forgot about that though. Yes. I remember because I think there was some kind of story sharing with um, Bot Colt. I've, I've sent him a message. Hopefully he's going to get in touch and get on with you. Because he had had a similar incident where he couldn't <laughs> make it back to the flat in Spring Boyk. And just exploded in a, in a bush, like two inches oh, from the my flat, gosh. and they just wrecked oh. the whole thing. Oh, so, yeah. so I, I, so so I, I brought this podcast down. I'm really sorry. <laughs> no, this is perfect, dude. But how big? <laughs> how big was Stoughton's feet, by the way? Oh, you know what? I feel like he always wore shoes that were like bigger than his feet because I feel like the ends of his shoes were like floppy. Uh, I don't remember. I feel like maybe we had the same size feet, though. I'm a size 13. Yeah, I've got a picture of me in my full shoes. Maybe he... inside his shoes. <laughs> so is they're this big. They're That's huge. right. 
Yeah, I, I, maybe he is like a 14 or like a 15 or something. Yeah. 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 Big guy. I feel like he played football and stuff. <laughs> um, uh, and then and then it's on to El, El de Hema, Aaron Hemer from Germany, who was like a chef. And uh, I trained him in Kirkati. And the funniest thing, I remember picking him up from the train station. We got on the train and we sat down and he looked at me and he said, I hate preach my gospel. And then he goes, I mean, I love preach my gospel. <laughs> he was like still learning like the language. <laughs> that was like my first impression of him. I was like, oh my gosh, what have I got myself into? And then he's like, I mean, love. <laughs> I was like, what is the word in German for love and hate? I'm like, are they almost the same? Like, how do you make that? How do you mix that up? Anyway, so funny. Uh, yeah, Elder Hemer and Kirkati. And, um, yeah, I think it was just six weeks, training for six weeks. Is there ever a training that's le- that's more than six weeks? Or does it always have to be six weeks? Jack trained me for three months, and I trained Elder oh, Marsh for three months. So, yeah. yeah. We've talked to a few at four and a half months together, so it does yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. Dude, uh, Elder Marsh. So, when I went to, when I went to Kirkati uh, uh, with uh, <clears throat> Elder Stoughton and then Elder Hemer, we were in, there was like a really big house there. And mm. then we had four missionaries in the house. There was like tons of rooms. It was like the coolest house. And uh, Elder Marsh was there as well. Uh, and uh, dude, he had like a retainer and like the top of his mouth was like missing, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. He probably still does. I can't say he did. He probably still does. That's true. Yeah. Um, and everybody knows. He, no, he surprised me with that. And, and I think Elder Fish brought it up when, because he was the zone leader when Marsh was new. And they went on exchanges together and he took his his piece out and showed him. And, and when he first showed me that, I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, it's not like it was a limitation of any sorts. It was just something unique about him. Yeah, so. yeah. So funny. Just pop that out. It's like, okay. Party yeah, trick. exactly. Exactly. He'd take a drink of water and they'd let it fall out of his nose or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think I, we were like in the same house for like six weeks. And then after that, I think, I think they like moved out. Cause I think it was just me and Elder Hemer in that huge house for a while. Hmm. And, uh, I just remember Elder Hemer telling me that the bread sucked. <laughs> Because I, I guess in Germany they have like a hundred kinds of bread or something like that. Like you go in any store, there's like fifty or something to a hundred types of bread. He's like, here, there's like three kinds of bread. It's not good. And he, I think he was like a chef, so I just remember <laughs> him saying the bread sucks. <laughs> That's funny. And I do feel bad, man. I got mad at him <clears throat> one day for wanting to buy like an extra candy bar while we were shopping so stupid you know you just get into like you get into believing these certain things are like the law you know and you start you're like i remember i like yelled at him in the middle of like asda or something and i was like you're not getting another candy bar i'm pretty sure i said you're just gonna be more fat and miserable i can't (laughs) believe i said that to him (laughs) i felt so bad and from that i've always wanted to apologize to him for that Cause that was so uncalled for, you know, I'm trying to like promote healthiness and 
you know, let's walk and <laughs> set a drive. I like lost it for a second. That was so dumb, dude. <laughs> buy buy five candy bars, dude. I don't freaking care. <laughs> just like I was a different person back then, man. Trying to Night, figure you're it. Asking, you're asking me for munchie boxes. <laughs> you told me come <laughs> the candy <box>. Exactly. Exactly, <laughs> dude. That's the old Zach. That's the old Zach. <laughs> oh my word. But then just so many incredible people. Jarjeane, Maitland. Did you know Jarjeane and Jim, Jack? Yeah. Definitely. The most tender and sweet soul ever, man. Uh, in fact, she 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 was passing through Arizona several years ago. And uh, my wife and I went and met her for like dinner or breakfast or something. And it was so funny because my, we, my wife and I walked away and she was like, I think I understood maybe like 20% of the words that came out of that woman's mouth. Yeah, they were they're pure Scotland there. Yeah, dude. It, it was fast and quiet and all sounded different. So you're getting like almost nothing, right? <laughs> and uh, oh, that was so man. funny. But Sister Maitland and Jim, you know, he passed as well. So sad, but uh, just love Jarjean. And, and there's just so many people. I mean, Alan Black became really good friends with him. Um, oh, man, I'm just I'm forgetting some of the people's names. I can see them in my head. So many great families in Kirkcaldy and Glen Rothes. Um, and uh, oh, oh, my gosh, Dennis and Maggie Jack. Dennis Jack was the bishop. I'm pretty sure this is Kirkcaldy. Yeah, he was the bishop when I was there as well. Yeah. It was his fifth time being bishop, so. <laughs> yeah. So I remember I remember things with him, too, when I first moved into the area. He was, like, intimidating, and he seemed to be really cold and not wanting to, like, help or something. Like, I just, I got that impression or whatever. And I can't remember what it was, but, like, I'm telling you, Mary missionary work was just the way to go, at least there, you know, and, and at that time. Um, because... We were making a concerted effort, you know, on the members and just building those relationships. And I remember going over there, probably with Stoughton and Hemer and and uh, just getting to know them, you know. And then I think they found, I think Maggie found out that I was like a musician and stuff and she loved music and she put on CDs. And we eventually became such good friends. Uh, my wife and I, that's one of the people that we went back and, and visited uh, Dennis and Maggie still in that same house. Uh, I can picture the the neighborhood. You know, I can't think of the names, but just awesome people, man. It took us, took us, uh, took my wife and I over to the best. Uh, or was this my parents? <laughs> I think I, I introduced my parents to them too. The best fish and chips voted the best fish and chips in like all of the UK for several years. Took us down there and just incredible people, man. I uh, just, I just miss all of them so much, dude. There's so many great memories and i just love them all my next area was beef or beef beef b-e-i-t-h it's kind of hard to say and uh it was a branch pretty sure i don't know what it's like today but uh i was there with uh elder anthony blake from england and uh this was about my year mark. And uh, I actually do want to talk about something that happened to me right around when I was with Elder Blake. I kind of feel bad for him because I wasn't like my best self at this time. 
so it had been about a year and I was going through some, some struggles to do with like faith and prayer. And yeah, I think we've all been here and probably still are because <laughs> not all this stuff has, you know, answers. A lot of the stuff is vague and, you know, you just try to look forward and you try to figure it out. But I got, first of all, I'm pretty sure I got SAD, SAD, like the seasonal affective disorder. I, like I got depression because like it was always cloudy just all the time. And they said that's kind of a common thing that can happen. Why'd you laugh, Zach? <laughs> well, you know, I I experienced it myself and I didn't understand why that was the case. But, you know, yeah. for you, you boys and girls from Arizona, I'm sure that was a big, <laughs> big thing. Yeah. So I think it was a combination of that. And I had been chapping doors, talking to people in the streets diligently. And it wasn't, it wasn't like 10,000, 50,000 doors like you, Christian, but um, <laughs> it's getting bigger. <laughs> <laughs> 10, 50, 500, whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a shout out to Elder, Elder Megner right there. That's Elder Megner. <laughs> it wasn't that many, but like a lot, you know. And then we, we also had this key indicator from the president at one point where it was like, in fact, this might have been when I first came out. It was like uh, in between your appointments, chap an extra 20 doors. Like, <laughs> like, like you get off the bus, you're headed to an appointment, you got five minutes, chap a couple doors. Those are like extras, right? It's not a planned, you know, proselyting time. It's the extra stuff in between. It's just getting you to open your mouth. I never called it OYM as well. Just open your mouth. Just talk to people in between stuff. Don't just, you know, keep walking. Anyway, I've been doing this for a year, for a year right? Every day. And, you know, you know that thing, you pull out the map, we're going to pray, we're going to pick a street, we're going to go there, and nothing would happen, right? I think we've all gone through that most of the time, nothing would happen. And with me, my experience, and like you said, Christian, I need answers, right? My brain, this, is, this does not compute. Like, I was told that if I pray and I have this spiritual experience, this is the street I need to go to, and we have this goal, you know, of doing three baptisms today or this week or whatever <laughs> you're like there's a problem right there elder clark you like your goals are a little bit unrealistic now. um why is it working but you know nothing would happen and of course you don't know what actually happened in the long run the, the, the seed planting ah to me that was a cop-out it's like come on yeah. I'm not planting seed. We, we were told we're here to reap the seeds. The field is white, already to harvest. Let's sow, let's find, let's do it, you know? And I'm praying for, you know, every day. I mean, that's a lot of praying, dude. That's a lot. Every day, just do the math. 365 days, how many prayers, how many goals? Of course, we saw success, right? But I just kept not seeing success with stopping people in the streets, for example, or chapping doors. So I went through this, this frustration right around Anthony Blake and Beeve. And I basically just said, I'm not going to talk to anyone anymore. <laughs> like I said, it's all or nothing. <clears throat> but it, it, it led me to figure out for myself that I felt it was worth it to just do member missionary work. Because I was like, what is actually working here? Like, can we just like take a, like, let's step back and let's analyze 
what's working in the mission. How many doors, like what's the funnel for the doors to get in to progressing to baptized? What's that percentage versus member referrals? And it's just a no brainer, right? And then there's quotes and preach my gospel from like President Hinckley, like members is the best way, right? And so I was like, isn't the ideal thing to do the best way for every hour of the day? Like if I could chap zero doors, let's chap zero doors and let's fill all our time with members. So that was me for the second half of my mission. I was like, I'm not going to worry right now. I'm not going to bother spending time praying that all these doors open and I get in. Because what of agency? Like, is God just going to force all these people to open their doors just because I said some prayer? Like, I'm telling you, I got super cynical, right? And I was so frustrated. And I just I just analyzed it and I said, you know what? Uh, we're going to do members just all the time now. And thus ignited my fire or reignited the fire of member missionary work. And it all started with Anthony Blake. But unfortunately, I think the time that I had with him, I was like, kind of like a Debbie Downer. <laughs> so I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> but that was like a, a big change for me on the mission. I was like, honestly, that's like a big life experience too. There's just a lot there in those six weeks in B that happened to me. And another thing that happened is my new era came out. I was actually on the cover of the new era, um, the cover story. It was uh, August 2007, I think. Like and, yeah, but it's there next to your bed in a in a frame. I oh, what is this right here? I like have it. <laughs> Jeez. So then there was all you know. I wouldn't say pressure, but there was you know, there was pressure. You know, I mean, of course, there's pressure. We put pressure on ourselves. There's pressure from whatever. You know, it wasn't bad though. I loved Eve, dude. That branch, Anne Marie Breen. I remember teaching her. She was so beautiful and man she had recovered from heroin and she told us that she was on like the methadone and stuff for a while and i mean there's a lot of people kind of like that but like she would go with us and just preach about jesus to people you know it was awesome you know um anyway so then it was um i got moved to knightswood so back to glasgow a little different area though Knightswood. I was there for a couple moves and um, I was with Elder Postak um, first. And I looked at him and said, you are Toby Maguire. How are you not in Hollywood right now being Toby Maguire's stunt double? He looked Be just like him then? I, I thought he so. Didn't like he? he sounded yeah. like him. His mannerisms were like him. <laughs> Yeah, so Crazy. funny. Uh, I had a short time with him. Um, you know, we did good work in Nicewood. Um, man, there was this guy that, that we taught, and I can't remember if it was Elder Postak or Elder Farley or both, but Kelvin. Christian, do you remember Kelvin? He it's was... In he the all, back of the brain. So he lived in one of those big towers, uh, you know, like, I guess the asylum mm -hmm. towers or something. But he always dressed to the nines, alligator boots. Yeah, like I remember now. Yeah. Alligator. And I remember President Frederick had to come and inter interview him at the the uh, the the stake center there, um, Julian Avenue. Julian Avenue. Julian, yeah. yeah, because of something you know in his past, and you know we weren't you know it was out of our hands at that point. But he and his his wife or 
or or mistress or I don't know. There was a lot going on there. Actually, um, Kelly made an appearance in my in my podcast. I remember. I know exactly who you're talking about. That's it, it was the mistress. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's he had another house, didn't he? Across, <laughs> across yeah, the room with his so. wife. That's who I went to the funeral to. Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah, I I didn't want to like think about it or <laughs> or, go, or go there, but like I kind of I can you can tell you know yeah. Um, but they were so nice, man. And she, I remember going there and teaching, and she made us this African meal, and I had it was my first time eating a fish head with I was an eyeball. I, I were was you with me on that one? Because they had the fish eyes, the whole thing. Yes. Dude, I, <laughs> I forgot you were with me on that. I couldn't remember. Yeah. Must have been at exchanges that day or something. Uh anyway, wow. just just awesome, man. You know, and uh, it's just awesome, guys. Like this is just so much fun, just reminiscing. And I just want to take a second. How how much time do we have left? I mean, there's I, I don't even know how much time it's been. It might have been six hours by now, and I I can't even tell. You haven't, you haven't, you haven't, I've seen somewhere like two hours. You take as long as you like. You haven't beat the record yet. Okay, okay. I don't even <laughs> see how much time is like on the screen. Anyway, that's probably a good thing. You're good. So, um, just four companions left, and then I still I have some more memories. I just wanted to go back over, you know, of the people and some funny things, some, some great things. Um, next was Elder Farley, Alistair Farley. I freaking love that guy. And I actually haven't like kept in touch with him. I think I've tried a couple times on Facebook, and I didn't really you know, have heard back and stuff. But hmm. dude, Elder Farley and I just hit it off from the beginning, dude. And we just were just flying. You know, it was just so much fun. It's always fun when you're successful, you know, and you're busy, of course. But it was just great, dude. Like, not one time did we ever butt heads or anything. He was always just like, "Yeah, sounds great. You know, this is awesome," and just like. So like, oh, just awesome, man. I I really miss Elder Farley, dude. I I haven't ever, I literally haven't ever talked to him. I don't think since the mission, dude. But uh, <laughs> you know, I've looked up his Facebook and stuff. It looks like he's doing great. And but you know, it's Facebook, so who who really knows? Anyway, um, and I do want to, yeah, okay. So I think it was with Elder Farley. It might have been with Elder Postak a bit too. But I want to talk about the Mullins. The Mullen family. Uh, we went over, I think at the time in our books, they were considered like, you know, less active or whatever. And, uh, you know, here I am. I'm just doing members. And, you know, one time uh, I was on exchange with Elder McCullers. you got to get Elder McCullers on here. I miss that guy, dude. I miss him a lot. Brett, come on. Get on here. I don't know if you've been reached out to, but I can't wait for your episode. It's already happening I've, in my mind. I reached out to him. Have I haven't heard back. I, I don't know. Oh, I don't know on. that he's responded yet. So, Elder McCullers, come on! I have Brett. some fun. I have some funny stories with regards to him too, because yeah. uh, he was a greenie with Elder Lynch um, in Storn. Was it Stornoway? Yeah. Um, when I was his own leader in Aberdeen, and oh yeah, man, he's he's a good guy. Oh, so great! And his story is that he was he was less active, and someone reactivated him. And then he went on a mission. And I remember I was on exchanges. We were just walking down a road. And I kid you not, I actually remember we talked to this guy who was in his garden just walking by. And his name was Herb. And the only reason I remember that is because that's when I realized 
yet again that everyone in Britain pronounces the H's like at the beginning of certain names. <laughs> and I'm like, isn't it herb? And he's like, no, herb with an H. I'm like, oh, okay. It's but, herb. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, we were just walking. Oh, do you want to hear a message? No. Anyway, on that walk, I'll never forget. Oliver Colors t- told me, he's like, he's like, honestly, I would rather reactivate, you know, a less active family than like find new people. You know, and of course he wanted to find new people, right? But coming from his background, that really hit me. I was like, oh yeah, dude, like there's so much power in that, you know, there's so much potential. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, went to, you know, went to visit a bunch of less actives and members. And I remember putting all the dots on the map back then. <laughs> I feel so old. Gosh. <laughs> do and, they do uh, that on the iPad now? Oh, I'm sure it's all there for them. <laughs> they just click a button, Jeez. filter by. And it's just there, probably. You guys yeah. don't know the struggle. They even see real people now? Or are they just on the Facebook? <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. a little bit of both, right? Yeah. So uh, we visited the Mullins, and then their daughter Heather like walked down the stairs, and turns out like she wasn't a member um, at the time, and she started listening in. And uh, I- I've always said this: she made my mission worth it. The memories the relationships there. Uh, she, she ended up joining the church. Uh, she's now married to a, a, the, this awesome, funny guy named Ron. And, um, Oh man, I've, I mean, I've kept in touch with that family. Uh, my wife and I, when we went back, we went and visited them, met Ron, had dinner with them. Just, ah, oh, just such a great families. I think the McDonald's live right up the street from them too. There's like a bunch of people in that area. Um, mm-hmm. And man, I just I just miss them. Just wonderful, wonderful people. And I know I'm 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 leaving out so many people that I that I love. There's just not enough time, you know. But pretty sure that was like me and Elder Farley. I'm pretty sure. Um, and uh, just had the best time. Next was Elder Whitehead. So fun, Justin Whitehead. Pretty sure his name's Justin Whitehead. And uh, that was uh. That was in Bridge of Dawn. Was that Aberdeen? Mm-hmm. Is that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Come yeah. <laughs> Aberdeen Steak, I think. Yeah, you're right. So I spent six weeks up kind of in Aberdeen. I kind of was able to get out of the Glasgow, uh, what do you call it? Vortex? The triangle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, it was the vortex. <laughs> the vortex. <laughs> and uh, tractor beam sucked you right in. Yeah. I got, I was going through some pictures with me and Elder Whitehead, and there was a lot of snow and, uh, just great. I had a great time out there. And Elder Black, dude. Well, I remember I, I wanted to visit him in Ireland because my wife and I went over to Ireland for a couple of days and we, we couldn't make it up to where he was at. I love Elder Black, dude. Love that guy. Can't even think of his first name. What's his first name, Christian? Oh, Silence. I've never. <laughs> I, I got it. I got it right. Ah, it's like, I'm, it's right. I can look it up in one second, but it doesn't matter. Y'all need what I'm talking about. Elder. Uh, Elder. Elder's his name. Elder Black. <laughs> Just love him, man. Yeah. So Br- Brian. Brian Black. Is it Brian, Brian Black? Is it Brian, Brian Black? Maybe it is. I'm just going to look it up. Can you carry on? I'll look it up. That's, that's okay. like a okay, okay. podcast right now. Yeah. Brian Black. I see it here. It's Brian Black. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. And uh, yeah, he was up there. There was only a few of us up there at the time. Like, 
there was like one you know, there was like one district uh anyway great just again great times uh and then i i moved to uh edinburgh uh with andrew harrison and christian i got some funny things to say i don't know if you like knew this <laughs> so we got along okay you know no problems there hard worker uh very different personalities um and I feel like it was all, he was always just serious face with me and, uh, very quiet. He only, he only said what he needed to say. And that was it. There was no joking around. And then on P day, I see him playing tennis with Christian and you guys are just laughing. <laughs> best of friends. And I'm like, Oh man, that's like those times you realize like, Oh, I guess I'm like, not the friend. I'm like, the, we're not friends. I guess he doesn't like me. <laughs> Jeez. You know? This is this is English Harrison, right? Yes, yes. So he's the one that was with Brian Black that that had the net net attack. Oh. But I think this must have been afterwards. So unless unless it was before and he had some PTSD or something, but I'm sure this was afterwards. Oh my huh. gosh. But yeah. He was yeah. good, but he was like he'd grown up posh. And so he'd had tennis lessons. He had like the you know, <laughs> Yeah. And he just had perfect form. I have Pictures and videos of you two playing tennis. Wow! Off the center of the <laughs> video. <laughs> As you're the afterthought, sitting on the side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? So this is oh, this is my this is I'm almost done with my mission at this point, and you know I, I'm getting a little trunky, just a little bit. You know, we all do. We start thinking, oh, it's coming up. You know, and music. You know, ooh. And I, I remember you. And him were playing tennis, right? And I was just watching, like a freaking loser. And I, I just walked back to the van, and I just sat in the van. I could see you, right? You got to see each other, right? But I'm sitting in the van by myself, and I was like, "Screw this!" And I turned on the radio for like, like 20 seconds to listen to like pop music. <laughs> I hope and it was, I was Britney Spears or something ridiculous. I can't remember who it was, dude. Um, <laughs> but I was like, "Oh yeah, that's 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 nice. That's nice." I was like, "I was like, I'm not the tennis player. I'm the musician. All right, you guys stay over there and play tennis. I'm gonna start getting ready to take over the world with my music for for 20 seconds, and then I turned it off." <laughs> The guilt, the guilt of twenty little, seconds. Of music. Little, yeah, the little guilt of twenty seconds. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but it was great. You know, we had fun. In fact, he wrote a note, uh, English Harrison, right? Yeah. So we baptized Barbara Turnbull together. He said, "Oh, and he passed his driving test with me." So he would every P day he would have the instructor come pick him up, and I'd be in the back seat, and he'd practice his for his driving exam, right? And uh, I remember, like, one point the instructor would hold up his hand and then he had to, like, break, like, a certain way or whatever. And then and then he said, right here, he said, I passed my practical driving test with two minors. I don't know what that means. Is that good or bad? That's yeah, good. good. Very good. Very good, yeah. So I was with him through all of his training to get his, his license. <laughs> and he said the, the final week's numbers were two slash one. Is that two scheduled, one baptized? Two baptized, one scheduled? 17 
17 progressing, maybe 30 something, 30 lessons. I don't know. I forget. I have to look at my handbook. One thir- no. 139 of something lessons, maybe, and 48 yeah. of something else. <laughs> Jack, Jack and Zach won't understand those numbers. I got my white, oh, okay. my white they, books they, right next to us, and my weekly numbers had a lot of zeros in them. Yeah. A lot of zeros. <laughs> so I do not remember these numbers or anything. I mean, but these sound like pretty good numbers. And he wrote it in here, and he's like, nay bad, you know. So, you know, we had we had good a good six weeks. And then I finished up in, in leave. Leaf. Oh, that's like bead with a just with an L. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that was in Edinburgh somewhere still. Mm-hmm. In fact, I know it was. And we had a cool flat, man. It was like upstairs and it was huge. Really tall ceilings. You can see the pipes. You know, you know what that is? Uh, yeah, I was there. You yeah. were there. The dishwasher, massive kitchen. Yes. So nice. Dude. So my last six weeks with Elder Kellen Whetstone, fun guy, um, fun guy. That's like the punchline of a mushroom joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my Super gosh! Fun. I wish I I wish I could have spent more time with you <laughs> on the mission. Gosh, you, I know, made, man. you made me laugh. <laughs> Too good. So, so yeah, finished up with him, and and then my parents actually came and picked me up, uh, like a week early, or maybe it was two weeks. I think it was a week early because we spent a week in Scotland, me and my parents, and then uh, a week down in England. And remember, we came and you actually let us stay in your house, Christian. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I remember. We went down and visited you, and and Loganberg was home by then too. So we, I remember, I saw Loganberg. He was around there, and you know. <laughs> couple other people and, and then i was able to go home the my sick president would not release me over the phone though so all the while i'm with my parents i was just in my proselyting outfit i'm saying my prayers i'm doing my study my parents are like waiting for me to like go wherever we're going it's kind of <laughs> it was it's kind of silly if you ask me you know but i was like well i'm still a missionary it's black and white so i'm gonna be a missionary still i don't think i've Proselyting with your parents, then? No, I was, I was gonna say I need to go proselyting with my parents. Though. <laughs> After one year, he didn't do that anymore. Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right. He, he was, was doing member member missionary work. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Visiting so, uh, Christian and uh, and Logie Bear. Logie Bear. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, there's just a couple more stories that I I wrote down when I was thinking. Um. Oh yeah. This, this member yelled at me. There's this, he's notorious for having a bad temper. And he was up in, uh, I think he was in Beeve. I'm pretty sure this was in Beeve. And he was kind of an older guy, uh, like a seasoned member. And I remember I asked him to take Anne Marie home. Well, I was like, hey, you know, we're trying to find a ride. He's like, oh, I'll take her home after church. So after church, she's like sitting in the lobby and like he's talking to people. It's like, fine, whatever. Church starts emptying out. He's still there talking. There's like no one there now except for us. And I'm like, this is like awkward, dude. Like if I put myself in his shoes, and if like if I agree to take a member home, why would I make them like wait? I mean, I'm, I feel like we were waiting for like 30 minutes or like 40 minutes. Like, or maybe it just felt that way. But like everyone was gone. And I remember I, lean, I kind of was leaning in and just making sure she got a ride home because we didn't have a car. And then I remember I kind of went in and I was like, oh, hey. Uh, and he snapped. He yelled. He was, 
I'm telling you, everyone was looking. It was the mo- one of the most embarrassing things I've ever been through, especially with a investigator there. You know what I'm saying, dude? But I just swallowed it. Oh, I'm so sorry. It was so awkward, dude. I remember I went and visited them later, and like, just I feel like no one even brought it up. It was so awkward. <laughs> but uh, I mean, she got baptized and everything, so you know, there you go. Wow. <laughs> worked out. Uh, worked out. Um, yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Zone conference. Oh, dude. Okay, so Christian, I don't know if you remember this. I feel like you were there. There was a zone conference. Remember when I started uh, this podcast and I was talking about how I just always wanted to go on a mission and it took me like a year for it to just sink in. And every day I was putting on my badge. I was just like, I can't believe I'm a missionary. I was so excited and happy and grateful to be there. Well, after a zone conference, uh, right next to the mission home one time, right out front of that stake center, Something was happening. There was a conversation. Uh, uh, President Frederick was there, and there was a few other missionaries there. And there was a missionary that, like, I feel like he kind of had a little bit of issues. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, exactly. What, I know who it is as well. Oh, <laughs> I my remember gosh. Exactly yes, because I feel like you came up to me. So I catch wind of what's happening. <laughs> and this missionary wanted. Correct me if I'm wrong. He wanted to serve a mission. He was there because he wanted to. And he was trying. <clears throat> he had some, I think, some learning disabilities. Some stuff, you know, it's difficult. I think he, but he wanted to be there, right? And I caught wind that, like, I think it was his dad, right? That, like, was like, I'm, I'm bringing him home. Is that right, Christian? Well, I'm thinking of a different experience. Okay, well, let's, let's bring up yours in a second. Because that sounds... That one sounds hilarious. <laughs> so there's a missionary that was struggling and, and I, and he caught wind that, and I, I was standing right there and president Frederick said, we've, you've got to go home. Your dad is asking for you to come home. And that missionary broke down crying and he said, but I want to be here, but I'm trying. And he's like, we have to follow your parents. He's like, we got to send you home. And that hit me so hard. I went back in the chapel and I sat down and I started sobbing. And I thought maybe you were there. I thought, Christian, maybe you saw me crying or something. I can't remember who was there. I was sobbing so hard because here's a guy just like me, right, who really wanted to be there. He wanted so bad to serve. He was doing his best. He was trying so hard. But he couldn't stay. He couldn't, he couldn't be there. That was taken away from him. And I was just, I was just so sad for him and just overwhelmed because I was so grateful every second that I was on my mission that I, that I was able to be a missionary, that I was able to be there. That was a really powerful time because I was like, man, this is a gift. You know, it's a gift to us all. And here's this missionary and this gift is being taken away from him. And, you know, maybe it was the right call on his dad. I don't know what was going on, but that really hit me. What was your story, Christian? What were you thinking of? It's going to kind of ruin your story. I, I can tell. It's okay. <laughs> we'll, we're moving quick here. I, there was an incident <laughs> where there's, there was a there was a bishop in the Edinburgh stake. I didn't I didn't really know what happened, 
but there was a missionary that and there was a like a fist fight between the missionary and the bishop um oh. so I, I thought that's where you were going but no oh was that you a better story was that uh was that a missionary that came out with us no oh okay no yeah we'll have to talk about that one <laughs> <laughs> um so i was also proposed to on my mission nice uh i think her name was elsie gallagher do you do you guys do you, does anyone remember her do you uh, know area, area she's in i'm uh, pretty sure it's glasgow area i think i was with elder Pattinson. elsie elsie gallagher uh she was like i don't know name her, sounds familiar i don't she know she was in her maybe in her 40s i don't know 50s and uh she's single i mean she had kids and everything and she proposed to me she and then later later on my mission she wrote me a letter proposing to me again i'm pretty sure i still have it you never forget the first time you're proposed to you know <laughs> we will be so happy together can't you see you know th- we're this will be amazing just come come marry me and you know we taught her and she just got a little too close i think was she, so she was a member or an no. investigator no, I, I think I think she was an investigator. Hmm. I had it. I had the same thing happen to me, and it was hmm. the it was like all my dreams had come true at once. Not for the reason you might think, but this girl was in. Um, she was in Pollock, so after she'd called me, and I think I I think I was in Edinburgh or something like that. And I did. There's there's some areas I didn't want to go to, as you probably understood. Hmm. Pollock was one of those areas. And I think there's a couple of missionaries that witnessed. I think it was um, came out with us, Chadwick, hmm. Elder Chadwick. So he witnessed the murder outside his flat, um, another kind of a gang fight. And so I'd heard about oh this. And I, was like, I do not want to go there. And so this girl had, had been on the phone, you know, saying she wanted to marry me, all this kind of stuff. As soon as that phone call was over, President, I cannot go to Pollock. There's a girl there. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> so that was it. That was me safe. I'm never going to Pollock because of this girl that was uh, saved me from that experience. <laughs> Dude, I also remember uh, Elder. I think it was Stoddard and I. We were proselyting in this one area, and I remember what it looked like on a map. It was like a little neighborhood, and like this, sort of an M, I think. And the next day, we saw in the news that in that area. Macedonia. Oh, is it called Macedonia? Did I just make that up? Anyway, I, I don't think you were chapping in Macedonia. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it was. It was Not just the a country. little section. No, it was a section of a city. Anyway, it was something like that. And the next day, we saw that they found like body parts chopped up in like the bins out in that neighborhood from that night. That like that night that we were there. That's about the closest I came. Yeah, Could have been you, man. Could have been you. Could have been me. <laughs> So I just wanted to, to also mention the McKees, Bob, Bobby McKee. I mean, that whole family, love them. Of course, the Pattersons, the Moncrees, the Dempseys, um, the Gowans, Ishbel Gowan, Mark Ricard. You remember Mark Ricard? Um, the Duncansons, the Lytles. I mean, Andrea and Craig Mitchell. Oh, when I, what, with Elder Hardy. Okay, so I'll, I'll leave you with these, these two stories from Elder Hardy. Um, first... One of the first things I did, I think the first members I met were Andrew and Craig Mitchell on my whole mission. Love them. In fact, had a Skype with them or a Facebook call or something like probably maybe a year ago now. 
with them, caught up with them and their family, met my, you know, introduced my wife and everything and, uh, just love them. So genuine. And, uh, we went over there to help them paint their fence, their backyard. And, uh, brother, uh, brother Mitchell had a, uh, you know, a bag that you put around your waist. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I said, Oh, that's a nice fanny pack you got there. <laughs> and, uh, and then, every, and everyone just started laughing and I'm just like, what, you don't like it or like, <laughs> <laughs> is it not a good one? Like it's not a good brand. So they had to explain that Fanny did not mean bum in the United Kingdom. Yeah, Fanny is the front bum. <laughs> That's exactly. It's the wrong side. So, <laughs> so they're just laughing and they said, we call it a bum bag. And I was like, oh, shoot, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> so funny. I, I can tell you, I made the same mistake in my first area, so don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> It was that we're in the MTC actually. There's the councillor to President Winwood who had given a talk, and in his talk he said that he slapped somebody on the fanny. (laughs) (laughs) So afterwards, I said, you know, just so you know, that's what it means here. And he was like, I don't care. (laughs) Oh my god, (laughs) just didn't care. I'm going to say what I'm going to say, you English folk. Baller. (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome okay and then and then um last story that i do want to bring up the footage christian that i was yeah. able to uncover you kind of control that narrative <laughs> yeah so so but yeah so the la- last story i want to share is uh it's like my so my with elder hardy being trained first week out and we had you know put putting all the appointments in in the calendar and one of them was with this this woman who he said who he he bumped into in the street and asked if he'd come see her and he said yes or she said yes and that she's interested in the plan of salvation specifically so we prepared the plan of salvation i'm getting my notes and stuff so we go over to her house and she lets us in and it's just her and then me and all the hardy and um we sit down and we're, I'm like, hey, well, nice to meet you. Uh, it's, I hear you're interested in the plan of salvation. And she said, yeah. And then she looks over to this chair next to me and starts talking. And she goes, what was that? Oh, you want me to? Okay. And she's like, yeah. She's like, well, I want you to introduce you to my friend Euphemia. And I turn over and there's an empty chair. And I was like, oh, okay. She, she's right here. And uh, she was like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. And I was like, She's like, oh, what, what was that? And she, oh, she wants to hear about this plan of salvation that, that Elder Hardy was telling me about on the street. And I said, oh, okay. And I, so I, I looked at her and I said, well, so, the, you know, in the spirit world. And she says, no, 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 talk to Euphemia. And so I was like, okay. So I was like, I looked over to this chair and I said, in the spirit world, uh, you know, where you're at now. Um, my heart is racing, guys. My heart's racing. And I said, uh, you know, whatever. I'm talking, right? Doing my thing. And then suddenly we hear a door slam down the hall. And we all jump. And, I, and we, I'm looking over. And she's like, oh, don't worry. That's just Bill. And I'm, Bill? He's like, yeah, Bill the pirate. And I was like, <laughs> okay. I was like, this, this chick has spirits in her house. 
I don't, I don't really feel comfortable right now. I'm not. Sh- is is the veil being thin a good thing? Or I, I yeah, you know, I have all these mixed thoughts, right? So then, she said oh, he's actually kind of mad though. Uh, she's like, I'm not sure he likes you being here. And I was like, oh my gosh, my heart started beating. I'm sweating, and and then shampoo bottles started flying down the hall from Bill. <laughs> and she's like, oh my gosh. So we get up, and she's like, you guys need to go. You guys need to go now. And then Elder Hardy pushes me like, run, Elder Clark, run. I run out the front door. I jump the fence. I'm down the street. And I realize he's not behind me. And he, I turn around and he goes, you've been punked. Oh, no. And it was it was Sister Jean Coldheart, a member, and her son was in the back room. Punked me, man. Oh, dude. It was a it was so funny, and we were there for like a dinner appointment. <laughs> Jeez Louise! Have you guys got Elder Hardy coming on? Uh, I have retrieved his phone number, so I I will be reaching out to him shortly. It was right before I went on vacation, so I needed I need awesome. to touch base with him. I'll be excited to catch up with him. You know, we had two fun-filled weeks, and obviously. Being in this district, we went on exchanges a couple times, so he's awesome. Cool. Yeah, I want to know where that tradition started because I'm pretty sure he told me that he got punked. So you have to ask him about it. And then I, I punked Elder Patton. I was like, I'm going to carry this on, Sister Cole. Really? Yeah. So I did it with him, and she went a little bit further with it when when Elder Patton and I came in. She had a table with a book on it, and there were like spiders or something. It was like witchcrafty right away. And she was like doing some stuff and it escalated not that far, but it was it was more demonic quicker. And Elder Patton had literally stood up and said, We're leaving Elder Clark. And he walked, he walked himself out. <laughs> and then I was like, Oh, you've been pumped. I don't I don't know if he liked it as much as I did. But he didn't like it. <laughs> Especially because we probably weren't hitting it off, and then I'm trying to like. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> you'll have to ask Patton about that too uh, if he comes on here, dude. Uh, okay. See what see what his recollection is. But I tried to carry it on. I tried to carry on the tradition. I don't know if uh, if Sister Colhart ever ever did it again after that, but uh, that was a fun little little tradition there. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and then uh, on the Elder Holland topic, and 110 kilometers an hour. Was it kilometers? I wish it was kilometers. <laughs> oh, it was miles. I was <laughs> <laughs> oh, gonna ask. Jeez. So, so yeah, it was actually really cool. I actually got to play my cello, like you were mentioning, Christian, uh, for Elder Holland when he came and spoke to the to the stake, and uh, uh, and I I put a piece uh, together with um, Sister Gilmore. And her daughters. And yeah. Beth Bethany has since she's the poopery girl. Oh, yeah. That's right, yeah. Yeah. And she like I think she lives in Scottsdale now, actually. She like lives yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, but sister Kay Gilmore, dude, loved her. Like she and I were coming up with these arrangements. I feel like it was love one another. And we were coming up with yeah, and we were coming up with these chords. Did you play as well, Christian? No. Okay. Like you played it and it was the most beautiful musical item I think I'd ever heard. And then President Frederick asked for me to sing and you to play. We did it again in Edinburgh for something or other. 
it, it was just not as good because the building is <laughs> so talented. Yeah, but yeah. A phenomenal, beautiful, beautiful musical item. Yeah. Oh, thanks. That's cool hearing your hearing your perspective on that. Um, I think I started with some pizzicato, but like Sister Gilmore, incredible pianist, musician, all the girl, everyone's singing in harmony that I'm joining in. It was awesome, man. And Elder Holland like called me out too. He was like, "Where's Elder Clark?" Like it was pretty cool. And then, uh, and then yeah. So after I watched your interview, Christian, I was like, okay. I remember as soon as you started talking about you getting pulled over out loud on when I was watching this in my room, I said, oh, I've got the footage of this. <laughs> and then, and then you were like, Oh, I think Zach Elder Clark was there and I, he's got it. He like took video of it. So I looked at my hard drive and I had a hard drive crash uh, several years back and I was only able to recover a couple folders uh, from it. And so I looked through it and it wasn't there, but I thought, I think it's on my parents' computer still, but they got a new computer. There's all, you know, it's been that long. <laughs> so, so I went to my mom's house yesterday and I found the mother load. Dude, there's gotta be a, we gotta be a, like, let's put this in a link or something. Like people, I want to show, like people need to, I feel like people are going to want to see it. I'm going to want to see it. Um, <laughs> so I found when you got, I keep saying arrested, but <laughs> I found footage of you and I, I was, I waited. I didn't want to pull my camera out in front of the cop. So like you walked away, I get my camera out and I like start hitting record. And then I try to like, you know, expose it on you and right in time to see you step. I feel like you stepped yourself into the back of the police car. <laughs> I feel like he got in the front seat and he's like, get in the back. And then I started recording and you just like got, you got yourself into the back of this police car. <laughs> yeah, you you sent me the footage. So I was feeling terrible, you know, yeah. stomach through the floor kind of moment. In my mind, you two were also feeling terrible in the car. <laughs> you and Queen Covid are just laughing and <laughs> gleeful. You were just lapping this situation up. Oh, my God. You were angry for me. Yeah, that I don't know. Worst moments. I don't know if I ever showed you that. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't know. Like, I didn't know Elder Holland. Did you say he, like, stopped and got no, out with Elder Care? Oh, as I was going over. in, I could see their car driving back, <laughs> looking at me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I forgot that detail. But, yeah, there's me, like, I was, I like, have footage. I'm like, hey, Elder Cofer, like, what do you think? And he's like, that was intense. And I, like, go to the steering wheel, like, the driver's seat, and it's empty, and I'm like, Elder Lucas isn't here. Guess why? <laughs> and I turn around. He's in the police car. He's like goofing around. It's so funny, dude. <laughs> so I found that footage. I actually found it. I got it. Uh, so funny. I mean, I feel like I can only take like 10 second clips on my old camera, like cyber shot, something stupid. So, anyway, then it gets better because I found more footage. Apparently... At right after that, that was the drive. Apparently, oh, I think that was the next day. But the day before, we had been driving up back up to Dundee because we like rapped about it. Because I have footage of us doing like beatbox and rap battles with each other on the drive. <laughs> <laughs> me and you, me and Christian and, and Quinn Covert. And it it is super funny. I forgot all about that. Were you able to watch that those ones, Christian? Yeah, I've, I've had a little look. 
my my uh, rapping skills are nothing for me to to look over with any tenderness of or happiness. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I mean, I I totally choked the one where you can see all of us. I was like, uh, I just laughed, and then dude, Coford took it. And I feel like he was legit, like at least for like the first part. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he practiced on his own in the mirror. He's <laughs> yeah. like, like getting ready. Just ready for this moment where you can just pull it out. Yeah. And then I found footage of us with the music group. And of course, the Mission Music Group was just awesome. I still have the folder of the sheet music, like the arrangements. I have one of the folders still. I kept it. Um, sorry, after all these years. And uh, just great. Great times, man. Sister Holmquist, of course, Sister Wellington, uh, Elder Patel. Dude, yeah. love that guy. Elder Van Leuven was in it. I think this is like the second year. Um, uh, just so many great times. I mean, how many wards did we go around to? Like, I feel like we did a bunch of performances, didn't we? Yeah, it was good. Um, I was I was busy doing all sorts of stuff at that time, but the, the music group was just a lovely relief and just felt like we were doing such good, so many people. At one time, we remember in Dundee, weren't we? At one time, oh. and they just advertised the heck out of this thing, and there were just hundreds of people there. Really, really good experience. Yeah, real special. I just wanted to ask a question for you two. While Zach is here, he's, he's spoken about that year mark where he just felt, you know, chapping doors is just horrible. And I've listened to so many podcasts. I've listened to um, there's uh, there was a couple of guys that came on together and then there was Brandon Osmond and there was just guys from before us in the Breeze yeah. area. And it, it, their mission sounds so different to what we'd experienced for ourselves when we were kind of focusing on member missionary work. And it just sounded really difficult. And I know, uh, Jack, you'd spoken about the mental health issues that you'd had when you got back. And there was another guy that I can't remember his name, but he'd, uh, been diagnosed with bipolar and, and and zach had spoken about the same thing so I, I just wanted to know really how did you guys cope because we didn't do it like you did it because i'd worked out after six weeks that that was a terrible idea how did you guys cope for two years doing that so and what have you got out of it because obviously we all get different things out of our missions but i wanted to know what because at that time it's just different seasons for different people isn't it yeah. yeah. So how did you cope with that methodology for that long? And how do you feel like it's affected you in your lives for the last, well, since you've been back? I have not knocked a door since the mission. <laughs> no. um, that's a good question. I think a good thing to think about too. And that as I've talked to people who were before and after me, I realized that different people served at different times for different reasons. For yeah. me and how like introverted I am uh, and some of the personality traits that I have, the things that probably going door to door was probably the easiest way for me to share the gospel. And I did find the most success on my mission when I was working with members and getting that, getting that done, like talking about Glenn Roth, it's like great ward, just naturally doing member missionary work uh, full of people who were, had that mindset. And uh, even though I chapped, you know, all the time there as well it was less because we were teaching with the members um and i got really good at chapping like i i could teach 40 lessons a week just going door to door which probably most missionaries couldn't um and uh 
I've thought about that though, like since the mission, like definitely not the way I would share the gospel now. Like I would, I get to know my neighbors um, yeah. and share who I am with my coworkers, uh, things like that, you know? And it was, it was just a different time. When I first got into the mission, one of our numbers to report every week was the hours spent chapping and it, and the goal was 64. No way. So wow. it just evolved from that. Right. It, it yeah. Changed to zero. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and Zach wow. like is such a, by Jack, I, I'm getting that from YouTube as Zach is just such a personable chap. I think that you naturally did that anyway. I'm I'm being serious. And the time in Aberdeen, just members just loved you. You're just so genuine. That 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 was something. And and Zach Clark, uh, also just just for me, serving around you with just having such a a unique talent and gift, and then coupling that with member missionary work and just doing things differently. It was just great to to see that. Um, and then I'm not surprised at all at how successful things have gone for you after the mission, just because of the personality and the things that you were able to learn on the, on the mission and putting those two things together. Thanks, Mel. Yeah, I would say that my experience, you know, I kind of feel like I was the bridge between, you know, Jack's era and your era. Um, because you know, I, I spent three quarters of my mission under the tutelage of President Sister Vereens, and that was kind of the mindset that they had was, and I, I think I mentioned it in our um, our podcast that we did with President Sister Vereens was uh, President Vereens said, how'd you stay so handsome? And I said, well, I chapped a lot of doors in the rain, which was one of the things that older missionaries told us, hey, your wife's going to be so much more hotter if you if you go and chap doors in the rain and i thought to myself okay well i guess that's one good reason to go and do something like that but <laughs> you know i i look back on my own experience in uh, the areas that i had and because uh, i was in three three of the wards that i served in i was there for six months in duration so that was three quarters of my mission and if i would have implemented a little bit more of the the methodologies to spend time with the with the members and then invite them to be the member missionaries that came about eventually in the mission i'm sure i would have seen some more uh successes um but at the same time i still look back on my mission and uh there were still successes that were there it just wasn't in the same manner that you and other missionaries after my time had those successes. And so, but I, honestly, like um, when we were in Aberdeen together, Christian, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, so Stuart Patton and I were transferred in after the previous um, zone leaders had been emergency transferred out of, of the ward. And well, my first my first sit down conversation with um, president Payne was, Hey, there's just rumors swirling about what these missionaries did and why they were moved out, you know, abruptly. And honestly, your job at this point in time is to re uh, attach 
the the relationship with the missionaries to the members. And so I look back at, at Aberdeen and everything that I did, you know, I remember we used to have the rule of don't be at a dinner appointment for more than an hour. Uh-huh. And, and there were a couple of times where, you know, other patented would kind of nudge me. I'd be like, Hey, we're good. You know, just, just take, let's take some time. And that time was so, so important in building relationships with these people that, they began to trust us as missionaries further. And then after my six months that I was gone, the other Peacock was still there and, and Peacock had success with member missionary work. You know, he was implementing that and seeing, um, you know, certain people that were introducing family members and friends to the missionaries. And I know for a certainty that, that doesn't happen without the time that we spent, you know, doing the, the, the ward movie night with Johnny Lingo. And, um, after you left, we did, uh, we did, um, like a Disney, a Disney music night where we did like lip syncs to Disney famous Disney songs. And there's a, there's a YouTube video out. I'll have to share it on the, <laughs> cause, uh, we did one skit with all the missionaries and Eller Peacock decided to be um, the, the yodeling peacock. And he did like the yodeling skit from uh, Snow White and the seven dwarfs. Oh my so gosh. That was a lot of fun. And, and again, this is like, this is our entire um, district. So it was all the missionaries from Peterhead, Urgedon, the two sets from Aberdeen. And, uh, I think that was it. It was just the four groups. Maybe there were two sets of missionaries of Bridget Um, and then we did a skit to kiss the girl with the little mermaid, which was a little bit risque because Quinn Cofer <laughs> dressed up as Ariel in the boat. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I was, I was Sebastian, which I was the largest red, red crab you've ever seen in your life. But <laughs> that was an endearing thing to to the members i mean if you remember christian how many times i was referred to as the the relief society president because of my brief skit that i did in that johnny lingo where i was the relief society president at some relief society meeting but that just was a way of me showing my personality as well as showing my love of the people through just being myself and I've talked about it before, but going, if I were to go back, I, I wish I would have done it more like that the entire mission, but I'm glad I figured it out when I did, because it's changed the way that I interact with people. I, I'm not going to skirt who I am. Kind of like what Jack said, you know, I introduce myself. I tell them I'm a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And they look at me and they go, you're Mormon. And I'm like, yep. Any questions? <laughs> you know, because I'm, I'm not about to run away from that part of who I am just because there's some stereotypical things that may cause people to question how I live my life, you know? Um, So anyway, that's just my, my take on it, but it's been so fascinating to hear the experiences beyond the time when I got, when I went home, because it was almost as if, because I went home in January of 2007 it was almost like a light switch had been switched from off to on after I left and everything changed. 
And whether that was a positive experience for everyone or a negative experience doesn't really matter. The bottom line is that it started Scotland on fire to the point where there was incredible successes in bringing people to the church. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I got a couple names to run by you, Clark, while we got you on here. Okay. From Glenrothes. Uh, the first is Grace Rankin. Rankin? Yeah. Meter? I can't. No? I don't. I don't know. I can't think right now. No. All right. The other would be uh, Shanika Quinn. Shanika Quinn. She, they would have been know. a recent convert. Her and her okay. two daughters when you were there. I I feel bad because I I probably knew that, but I can't I can't think. It's a shot shot in the dark. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot. Because uh, yeah. after I left the mission. I got a letter that was addressed to the first two elders from this Shanika Quinn. Mm. And apparently I, like myself and elder parmenter introduced her to the gospel. We weren't able, we left the mission at the same time. We weren't oh. able to continue teaching her, but she joined the church. So I was oh, trying wow. to make that connection. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. I wish I had a, a great story there, but I'm sure by the time Zach and his companions were there, they had implemented the, ward mission leader and other members to be teaching those new member discussions because i remember that was part of what we did in aberdeen yeah yeah yeah. where they they basically said okay well the post-baptism stuff has got to be anchored with somebody in the mission in the ward or in the branch that can be that baseline person to continually be a, a reference when you're not there anymore yeah, and, and that ward was great for that, too. You mentioned Alan Black. He was the ward mission leader yeah. when I was there. So, awesome. Phenomenal. Awesome. Yeah, his lessons in the uh, like Gospel Principles class were incredible for even me, like for everyone. And like he would have everyone read from the manual. Because don't assume everyone's read the lesson, guys. Like, let's read it, you know. And then we have like really good open-ended discussions about it. And it's just, he's a perfect teacher, man. I'm, I introduced my wife to him too. Uh, when we visited, just love him. Oh man. There's so many people. I like Lindsay and Fraser McCallum. I got to talk about them. I love them and their family. Um, there's just so many yeah. people. Anyway, that's what we've noticed with all of these, right? You go on and on and on. And yeah. Never reach the end of people who influenced our lives let alone us being there. So agreed. Agreed. Well, Zach, any, any last thoughts about how Scotland has impacted your life for good or for, or for worse, (laughs) for better or for worse. That's right. So death do us part. (laughs) Um, No, I've said, I mean, I've, yeah, I've already kind of, already kind of said it. I could obviously reiterate it and just, I wanted to be a missionary so bad and I couldn't believe I actually got to do it, man. And like I kind of discussed, not everyone got to, not everyone gets to. And I just, I just soaked it all in, you know, every second of it, I tried my best, you know, I can honestly say that. And, uh, you know, I, I do not literally think about it every day though. I hear people say that Quinn Covert said that. I, I don't know if it's literally possible to think about your mission every single 
day. And here's the other thing. How do you prove that? And if you missed a day, wouldn't you forget anyway? And you'd think you did it every day? Anyway. <laughs> Quinn's a simpler mind than you. These are, these are the things I think about. No, I know. I take everything literally, man. I try to be... I try to be literal and exact, and it, it could be obviously so stupid for me to do that in certain situations. I, think, yeah. I reckon Hewlett does. He's got that Scottish flag behind him. I reckon he's got bed sheets that are, you know, the Scottish saltire. Bed sheets. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just it uh, it taught me about people, relationships, you know, the companionship inventory thing with with patenting is still one of the most impactful experiences. I reflect on that a lot. And even in my marriage now, you know, I, I like to, I like to say like, I would rather tell you what's wrong right now, even if it's uncomfortable for us in, instead of letting it go and holding it in. I do not stand by that though, guys. Like it just keeps going, and like it, there, there's you can get too extreme with it. Like if you just say it right in the yeah, moment, that is terrible advice. Yeah, <laughs> like I need to learn that not everything needs to be said right now, and probably not everything needs to be said. I would, I think we all agree with that. And uh, it's it's actually good to make sure you're you think about it first. And of course, my experience with Elder Patton, it was like a month probably before we had that. You know. And so we, I knew what we were feeling. We both knew it. And we finally, we finally addressed it. There's such power in that and like taking your time, you know, doing your best and then like trying it and then just keep going. And then like, if it's just not working now, let's address it. You know, let's figure it out, talk it through, make an action plan. You know, all those, all those great things, man. It's just the whole mission to me. There's just so many aspects of it, but like all in all, it was just like an intensive training for like life. You know, there's all kinds of relationships that I that we have. We still have friendships, right? You have, of course, you know, your spouses. We've got our kids now, um, you know, and, and of course, being in Simply Three, uh, you know, when we do shows and we're talking with our fans afterwards, like in the lobby and stuff, there's those relationships. Um, there's the whole social media thing. And I could get, I could harp on that for hours. Like, I don't like it these days because it's just fake. Like most of it's fake. And you know what? Sometimes that's okay. And sometimes that's good. Go on TikTok, see some funny skits. Okay, sweet. Of course it's a skit. It's not real, you know, whatever. But like I got, I got, I mean, for like 10 years, of course, with simply three, we're trying to do marketing and get our online presence, our social media. And we're trying to see the trends and trying to see like, okay, what are people doing? What are musicians doing? How are you getting out your product out there? You know? And then I just got, yeah, I got, I got it. I got too deep in as I do. And, and I was just like, this is not good. It's not healthy. At least you're looking at it every day. And then you're comparing yourself and you think everyone's lives are perfect. And it's like, no, this is just fake. Like, this is one little picture, one moment out of their whole day. They probably had a fight that morning. They probably slept on the couch that night. But you see this great picture and you think it's <laughs> real. Everyone's great. It's just bad. You know, it's bad for self-esteem. I mean, especially with the upcoming like Gen Z and stuff. Like I, you know, there's yeah. th- there's some documentaries on this stuff too. But, but like the mission was training, in, in my opinion, in my experience, for all of this stuff. You know, I have a foundation there of like the real human interaction, real communication. Of course it wasn't perfect. And I look, I look back and 
you know, I, I was a different person back then, you know, than I am now. And I look back and I laugh and I'm, I roll my eyes. I look back and I smile, you know, and you take all that and we, you learn from it and we just keep going, you know, and I wouldn't change a thing about my mission. I'm so grateful that I got to go. I love Scotland. I love the people. I love everyone. That's a very long closing statement, <laughs> but, uh, Thank you. So that, that that's kind of my thoughts, and uh, just really, really grateful for my mission and grateful for this podcast too. So thanks, thanks you guys. No, we we appreciate you being willing to take time and to come on and share your thoughts and feelings and good memories, and you know that's what this is all about. It's an opportunity to recollect, to rem- remember, to remind, to give us all, you know. A reminder that it wasn't two years of slogging through knocking doors or what you guys experienced. Uh, but it, you know, it's, it's something that's impacted our lives for better or for worse. And, you know, no matter what's going on in life, we can all look back at that time where life may have been much simpler. Um, and hopefully it's with fondness to, to remember all the things that we enjoyed together. So, Zach, we appreciate you. Um, just before we close this out real quick, I know in one of our last podcasts um, with Ashley Devine, he had asked about Sister Bonnie Siegmiller. And, um, you know, I, I was thinking about her when you brought up your service in Beeth. Um, she was uh, the companion of Sister Reed, who was on and uh, um, in Beeth when I was in Johnston. Um and I had a couple of missionaries that reached out and let me know that she passed away in May of this year. So, um, oh, wow. un- unfortunately we just missed her as an opportunity to get on the podcast, but hopefully she's looking down on us and, and enjoying our thoughts and memories of her. But, uh, uh wow. for those of us who interacted with her, just wanted to let everyone know that, uh, that had taken place. Um, but anyway, Nonetheless, we really appreciate you, Zach, uh, taking time, and uh, we'll be looking at looking out for your new album coming out uh, in a couple weeks. And um, you know, thank you. Share this with anybody and everybody. We'd love to have your companions on. We'd love to have you know any of your great missionaries that you're around, and we'll continue to to push forward and get more people on here. And the connections are endless. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I know everyone's got people they want you to get on and it's just, and then they have more and it's just like so many people and that's exciting. Yep. Yeah, it, it really is. And this is, we're still in the infancy of this, but we appreciate you and uh, we love you as brothers in Scotland and hope to catch up again real soon. Thank you. You too. All right. Thanks, and thank you, Christian, for coming and uh, being a good contributor to our conversation. I just love that. Uh, love coming to watch. <laughs> is that- all right, we'll, we'll have a chat next week. We'll give you we'll a call. Cool. All right, brothers. Have awesome. a good rest of your day. We'll we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Thanks guys. All right. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye.